Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome tonight to Wicked Wednesdays. Well, we'll try and make every Wednesday a little wicked. Uh, tonight we're going to focus on uh, cuckolding. It's a fetish, but it's not so uncommon. Uh, we'll talk about that after 10.15, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Remember that you can always email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. And I got this interesting email. Uh, it starts with, I don't mind if you read this on the radio, want to remain anonymous. Of course, anytime you send me emails, everything is always anonymous. I never share your name, whether you tell me to or not. Uh, I have been a listener for a little over a year now and enjoy most of your shows. I am a divorced woman. I was very happily married for many years, and it all fell apart when we decided to try a threesome, first with another woman. I am straight, but played along, and it was nothing more than just okay for me, but my husband really enjoyed it. Then we had a threesome with another guy. Again, nothing more than okay. At one time, I thought the thought of two men would be sexy and erotic, but was not at all what I was expecting. We had a very satisfying sexual relationship. We were pretty kinky and adventurous, and we both loved it. Between us, we had boundaries. We loved and trusted each other. Bringing in a third person was the biggest mistake we made. You have said many times, fantasy and reality are two very different things, and you could not be more right. I often hear on your show about couples wanting to try a threesome, and they feel their relationship is strong enough to withstand the threesome scenario. It is definitely not. One or both are looking for something the other cannot provide physically, emotionally, and or sexually. If you want an open relationship, that is fine, but remove the committed love part from the equation. We went for counseling, tried many things, but the damage was done and irreparable. There may have been more between us in our marriage, but in the past, we always managed to work things out. Not this time. It was the biggest mistake we both made, and we both admit it. The magic we once had was gone. Do I still love him? Yes. Does he still love me? Yes. But not the same way and not the way it was and not the love I felt. Anyone who defends a threesome in a marriage is not in love with their spouse, clear and simple. Our two escapades were weeks apart, and there was one following that. Leave fantasies where they belong, a fantasy. Our kids, young adults, were partial victims of our divorce, so it's not just myself and my ex. Thank you for your advice, and had I been listening to your show a few years earlier, we may have avoided a, th a threesome. In fact, hindsight being 2020, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. And we've had those those very similar comments on a number of occasions, by the way, of people who have tried threesomes and where it went uh, terribly uh, wrong. So there's some, some advice for you. And on a similar note, this is a letter I started reading yesterday, and then we had some technical difficulties. So I'm going to revisit that. I find the idea of watching my partner be with another person greatly arouses me. This is just a fantasy and not something I want to actually happen. When I first told my partner, they used to tell me, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, they used to tell me and make stories and it would make me insane. Uh, though over the past year, whenever I ask, 
My partner seems less intrigued and almost bothered by the idea. I don't know what to do about this anymore. So again, we're talking about what, a, 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 again, another threesome or, or just a voyeur, uh, voyeur fantasy, right? Which is a very common fantasy. It can be very arousing to have a partner, first of all, indulge you with stories that feed your fantasy. So sometimes just staying at that level uh, works, but you're, let's say you're not into doing it in real life. And this is what I'm getting from this email that you're not interested in going out in, in real life and having the threesome, as you can see from the previous uh, letter I got. But in this case, it's about sharing threesome fantasies, like talking them out loud. And maybe your partner isn't into it anymore or doesn't feel this is arousing um, for them, right? Remember that your partner is doing this because it's your fantasy. It's not their fantasy. And it's very possible that they are simply uh, bored with it now. So maybe you can find a compromise or you can negotiate this. Maybe ask your partner about their fantasy and try to indulge them in the same way so that it feels more like a, a give and take, but I wouldn't expect or request this every single time you have sex. Cause your partner might just get annoyed if they're truly not interested in, in this fantasy themselves. So if you let it go and you stop asking, it's possible your partner will feel less pressured and maybe will do it at some point just to please you, but not if they keep getting bugged about it, right? They're going to want to do it on uh, their terms. Remember, you can't always get what you want, uh, at least when you want it. <laughs> so just remember those lyrics to a very popular song. Okay. I took part in the act of group anal sex about a week ago. I've been in the shower for the first time this morning. Wow. I might need more showers, uh, since my new hobby and have discovered a green growth in my manly area, any guidance as to what it is really like, I have no idea what this is or isn't, but anything that looks like a wart feels like a wart in the general, in the general area is usually indicative of some sexually transmitted infection needs to be looked at by a doctor. It needs to be treated. Uh, we had this whole conversation last night about the human papillomavirus and genital warts and, and penile pimples. This is not a pimple. This is, uh, sounds like a wart. Even if you use condoms, which I certainly hope you did because there were multiple partners engaged here in what is the most risky sexual behavior when it comes to sexually transmitted infections, there are STIs that are transmitted through skin to skin, genital, anal contact. So please see your doctor or go to an infectious disease clinic, have this assessed, have it treated. They'll, to treat it, they will remove it. So um, a, a warning against safe sex, especially with multiple partners. Think about that. 
Texter writes, reminds me of a girlfriend that liked the dirty talking. I'm not really a dirty talker, so it was hard to do on cue. Exactly. That's an actually a very, very good example. Another text writes, wow, that statement about threesomes is pretty narrow-minded and heteronormative. To say that any addition of a third or more partners automatically means that you do not love your partner is a little offensive, to be honest. We are quite well conditioned to believe that monogamy is the only way to be. Monogamy might be right for some, but people should not prescribe that just because it did not work for them, that it will never work for anyone else. That's a very good point. There are plenty of examples of ethical non-monogamous relationships and sexcapades that have and continue to succeed. And you are right. We've talked about it on the show many times of couples who engage in open uh, relationships that are, in fact, quite successful. It didn't work for them for whatever reason, but it, I don't think it, the, it was about being in an open relationship, just one fantasy gone awry, if you will. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about cuckolding, which, uh, you know, we've been talking about voyeurism a little bit. Well, this is a, a, another kind of voyeurism. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Shall we call this Wicked Wednesdays? I'll try and on Wednesdays talk about a particular fetish. We'll see if we can keep this going um, as wicked as it gets, if you want to call it wicked, but <laughs> it's a little bit of a, of a judgment call on that, and I don't really mean it in a bad way. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this thing called cuckolding, C-U- C-K-O-L-D-I-N-G. That's how you spell it. This is a fetish, or as some people prefer to call it, a kink, uh, where a person gets turned on by their partner having sex with someone else. So maybe it looks like uh, you're being a voyeur, right? You're enjoying watching this, but it goes... Uh, it goes deeper than that. It's also tied to BDSM in some way because it, it kind of overlaps with the domination, submission, and especially humiliation. doesn't have all the, the gears, that the gear that we talk about in, in BDSM in terms of, you know, uh, ropes or, or, or floggers or things like that, but it's mostly tied into the submission and the um, humiliation. The term comes from, from way back, historically, it refers, a cuckold is a man who was unknowingly cheated on by his wife. But that's that's not how we um, think of it in, in this way, okay? In modern days, uh, it could be, doesn't have to be a heterosexual male, it can be in, in uh, a gay male, it doesn't have to be cisgendered or any of that. But there's no, it's not about cheating because the partner is present, A, fully aware and approves of whatever is going on there. So there's full consent. It's a form of consensual non-monogamy, but in a narrow kind of um, area. Of course, it's really hard to know how many people practice this because often people don't really admit 
uh, to their kinks. But all you have to do is if you Google the word cuckolding, you will see tons of sites that pop up on that. You have porn sites, uh, cuckold porn. It's one, it's a very, very popular searched category. So there's something about that. If you want to look at that, it's hard to say how many people engage in this, how many people fantasize about this, but enough that there are, there's porn about it. Okay. And enough that there are pages and pages and pages uh, dedicated to this particular, um, fetish. Mostly, um, when I hear about this, it's about men, but it's not just about men. It, it's actually not really specific to, to gender or even, uh, to sexuality. So there are in females, for example, they are called the cuckoldress. Uh, that's the person having the sex, but it isn't always a woman. Um, and the third party is known as the bull, but the bull isn't always a man. Although typically this is how we see it and, and, um, how it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, described. So oftentimes people, um, talk about like, want to know, like, why, what is it? What, what is it that makes some people, um, want this, right? Like how do, how are they enjoying this? There's, remember, there's a form of humiliation involved in this. So when the, the cuckold is that fetish is about watching your partner with somebody else, but that somebody else is better than you, bigger than you. Like there's a, a, a sense of and a feeling of humiliation that your partner is getting something you're not offering them. That's where the, it's a, it's a bit of a mind game a little bit. It's it's really quite a psychological kink, uh, if you will. So there are some theories as to why this happens. And by the way, if you really want to go delve like, uh, deep into this, there's actually a book written by Emma Kelly. The book is called Erotic Cuckolding, The Real Guide for Couples, which um, looks at how, you know, how to do it, what it is, uh, talks to couples about what is it about, uh, about this that they like, how do you, how to avoid the pitfalls and, and, and such. So you'll see all kinds of websites dedicated to this as well, but here's a, a specific book, um, about this. So some of the theories is, uh, the, the biological theory of, um, the sperm competition theory, right? That maybe the, uh, um, it plays a role in, in being, uh, the desire to be cucked. That's what it's called. The desire to be cucked and cuckolding. Uh, some research suggests that watching your partner, uh, with another man prompts a biological response to have longer and more vigorous sex. So it entices you to, to do better in a way. Um, which is another interesting, uh, look at this, uh, also, uh, jealousy might play a part in this knowing someone else wants your partner might kick your desire up a little bit, might make you want your partner, 
um, more. So that might be something that's motivating for us. For most of us, jealousy is not a motivator, but for some people, it, it might be what fuels, uh, I don't know, some of that sperm competition or something like that. Then there's the idea of uh, compersion. Compersion is the opposite of jealousy. Basically what compersion is, I think we've talked about it before, it's the happiness you feel seeing your partner happy. And I've had this conversation with uh, swingers, for example, and I've always asked this question, like, how does it feel to watch your partner with someone else? And it, it has nothing to do with humiliation, so it's not about cuckolding, but it does have something to do with compersion. I remember an answer, someone saying, I love seeing my partner uh, get pleasured and I like to see my 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 partner's expressions of pleasure that's what the turn on is um, for me so uh, it's interesting to to see that then um, so let's look at the humiliation aspect because that really is because up till now you might be thinking okay it's it's voyeurism it's it's maybe swinging it's an open relationship but there's more to it there's more to it uh, Humiliation plays a, a very important role in cuckolding. And that comes from the ridicule. This is what turns them on, by the way. For most of us, humiliation is not a turn on, but for cuckolds, this is how it works. The the ridicule that a person is likely to feel, feel when their partner uh, cheats on them. So, and for some people, that humiliation ramps up the erotic intensity of the of the act by a lot which is interesting and this can come from watching their partner with someone else or it can come from some extra humiliation like some of them will like uh, for example being laughed at or being belittled by their partner and the person that they're with so it's a whole scenario of humiliation a couple of texts here uh, did you say the other party is called the bull? Yes, the the other party is the bull. Uh, another texter says, having participated in this activity, the husband watched. I was satisfied, but later learned she not. I realized that was rather selfish on our part. But you were the bull in this situation, so it wasn't up to you to feel bad for him if maybe this is what he asked his wife for, right? he wanted to to watch maybe it didn't go so well maybe she did it for him and she wasn't so into it so that's i'm not sure that there's selfishness in there it's just an uh, an example of how it it doesn't always um work right uh, what do you call it when a wife wants to watch her husband have sex with a woman they just met and lured to their place. I hope the Lord isn't a, in a, in a negative way, uh, <laughs> luring doesn't sound so positive, but I'm assuming seducing her in some way and inviting her to your place. Um, I don't know if there's a term for that. If there's, if there is a humiliation factor in there, then possibly it's the, it's a cuckolding, um, fetish. It could be a voyeuristic. It, it, I suppose it's a form of cuckolding, um, in this, but I would have to find out like, how did, does it make you feel? Is there any sort, any feeling of humiliation in there, um, at all? So 
that's uh, that's something that you can uh, you can ask yourself. Coming up, we've got a stupid sex story of the day, and then uh, we'll talk about some of the the pleasures of this interesting uh, interesting fetish and uh, how it relates possibly to BDSM and domination and submission, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. I've got some very interesting texts about the topic we're talking about on this Wicked Wednesday on Cook Holding. But first, let me share this stupid sex story. This is out of Montreal, believe it or not. Uh, An erotica model has splurged over $60,000 on plastic surgery to enhance her body in a bid to look like a fetish sex doll. Uh, When Ariane Saint-Amour, 28, from Montreal, left college, she began to strip in clubs to pay for body modifications and latex bodysuits. Despite having 28D-sized boobs, she desired an extreme look, which prompted her to undergo two boob jobs and a refill of saline to get them bigger, increasing her bra size to get this 30J. 30 is tiny, by the way. It's a tiny, tiny... Uh, around, uh, and Jay is massive. Uh, She has since had six ribs removed. That's how she maintains that skinny thing. A nose job, lip and cheek fillers, which has cost her an overall amount of close to $60,000. Her new extreme look has entered her into the niche market of fetish modeling and has been approved by her boyfriend, Guillaume, who she admits gets some perks out of her look. Speaking about the reaction her looks usually get, she explained, I rarely have leave people neutral. I get praises from my looks uh, from both men and women, but also the less common negative feedback from those that feel threatened when I'm around. The negative feedback is usually equally shared by men and women alike, just as is the positive. Most comments are very typical, ranging from, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, to I'm in love, I'm your biggest fan, you are perfect, you are the best. Touching on the negative aspect, she added, I don't pay attention to the negative attention much, but it's mostly slut shaming and bullying. I've always been into the fetish world because I'm a gothic girl. So corsets, PVC, and sexy outfits are a casual thing in this world. I just added latex to my wardrobe over the years. I decided eight years ago to make it a project. I started in the year after my first breast augmentation in 2010 and started becoming more serious about it in 2012. I launched my website not long after. When I was 17, I studied fashion design. About two and a half years later, I started to strip so I could invest in some body mods and latex. Bigger breasts are what got me into plastic surgery. I was already considered busty, but I desired a more extreme look. I'm always looking for new improvements. I was naturally quite busty. I had a natural D cup, but I just wanted to get big mega breasts. I'm very pleased with what I've achieved so far. I feel like I'm still the same girl. I just look different now. I've been with the same great partner from before my first upgrade. Professionally though, the more extreme look grants access to a niche market. Being a fetish model requires you to be extreme at something. I'm extreme in my body modifications. This makes me the perfect looking fetish sex doll. I had my first breast augmentation when I was 20. 
It made me feel like I needed to get them bigger. So a few months later, I had them refilled. Oy, yoy, yoy. Um, I'm sadly pretty much done with what I, what I can change on my body, but bigger boobs in the near future is certainly a possibility. My message to everyone is to be however you want to be. You have only one life to live, live it to the fullest. That's, um, all right, let's not, let's not judge her, but nonetheless, you can imagine it's, uh, on the extreme side and most of us are not so extreme. Uh, so I just want to get back to this because, uh, this whole idea of a cold, some, somebody had written in, what do you call it when a wife wants to watch her husband have sex with a woman they just met and lured to their place? And I asked, was it lured or invited the person wrote back? No, I wasn't seduced. I was lured under false pretenses. They seemed like a nice older couple and I was 19. They said to come in for a snack. He went in the bathroom, came out naked, and she ordered me to have sex with him. I had to fight my way out because he blocked the door. I don't even know what to call this incident, but I was traumatized. I'm thankful to have gotten away. This incident is called sexual assault, and it's uh, illegal, and it's a crime. That's what that incident is. Absolute crime. Uh, this is so immoral. Where's the sanctity of marriage? Uh, listen, you're right. Some people believe in the sanctity of marriage. Others do not. Not everybody is going to be on the same page. And we had an uh, earlier uh, comment about this. Some people are very committed to each other, feel very close to one another, love each other very much, but don't believe in a a monogamous relationship. So they have consensual non-monogamy falls within particular rules of conduct and such. But again, it's, there is a group of people where this doesn't work for them, where marriage in its traditional sense, traditional form doesn't work for them. So just because it's not your thing doesn't mean it can't work uh, for somebody else. As long as nobody is getting hurt and it's not going behind anybody's back, there's a, you know, when you talk about the sanctity of marriage, look at the, look at the numbers, the sheer numbers of people who are unfaithful behind backs. Don't people just make passionate love with their spouse anymore? Just love making without complications, or is that just not good enough anymore for most? I would say that for most it is, but there is uh, there's still people who do not find that to be enough, and there are people who uh, are far more adventurous sexually, and there are many of us that are simply vanilla and it's okay. What you know? It, it's like one of my colleagues said, "Don't yuck." someone else's yum. If that's the way they do it, that's the way, and, and it works for them and they are happy. And the research shows that these couples are not unhappy. In fact, they're happier than your vanilla couples in some ways. That doesn't mean that if you do that, you'll be happy. It has to fit with your belief system and, and your lifestyle as well. So this isn't for everybody. Not everybody can, um, can do this without any of the other issues. 
And then there's uh, a bunch of other things. Hard to believe, oh, this girl, she's still alive with all those risky procedures, not to mention which doctor in their right mind would perform such distortions upon her. That was my thinking right away. Which doctor would give her J, 30 J breasts or remove her ribs? I agree with you on that one. Coming up, I do want to share a bit of research, but of course, I'm very interested in what you have to say, and that's far more important to me. Uh, so we'll we'll hear from you and some more information. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. On this Wicked Wednesday, we're talking about the fetish of cuckolding, C-U-C-K-O-L-D-I-N-G, for those who, it's not C-O-C-K, it's C-U-C-K. This texter writes in, what about in the opposite case where your partner gets turned on by watching you get off, not necessarily with someone better than them, but less than rather, with regards to maturity, experience, and development, such as, this part bothers me a bit, young adolescents, for instance. Is that also considered cuckolding or something entirely different? And in the case of the latter, what identifiable label does it pertain to exactly? So a couple of things. First of all, I don't know what you mean by young adolescents, uh, because anybody who is a like the attraction to teenagers is called hebophilia, not pedophilia, but hebophilia. Um, and that, uh, that borders to that's even though the age of sexual consent is 16, like anything under that would be illegal, first of all. Uh, so there's that, but this is what you're describing. Let's say it's just with somebody inexperienced, forget the, the young adolescent part of it all. There's actually something called hot wifing. Um, and the difference between hot wifing and uh, cuckolding is that in hot wifing, there's no BDSM involved. There's no, none of the humiliation factor is there. Uh, in fact, what you're describing is your partner in watching this feels an ego boost because in comparison to, to the inexperienced person, they're feeling um, the boost on on that one. So uh, hot wifing, you can look that up and you'll see. Uh, Fetishes are not for everyone. So what one finds looks or feels strange, uh, another is totally into. You're absolutely right. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Uh, One person says vanilla is delicious. I agree, the vanilla is delicious. Um, somebody says, yeah, young adolescent sounds wrong. Uh, are you talking over 18 or just young? So that's, uh, exactly. I, I, am with you on that. If they look young, but they're over 18, it's one thing better to be honest in an open marriage without betraying and hurting anyone rather than being in a hypocritically monogamous marriage where you betray your partner and scar them for life, which is also really, um, not acceptable. And, um, I know somebody else sent me an email that I need to check and it's always hard to do this, but here I'm a single hetero Mediterranean, hairy male, 47 years old, six foot tall, about 240 pounds stocky. I am a bull. So remember the bull is the one, the cuck, the, the cuck is looking at the, the bull with his, uh, wife. I've had a few cuckold experiences. I had one this summer, met a couple online. I communicated with the guy who was in his early thirties. 
We agreed to all meet. We met one beautiful Saturday afternoon outdoors. When I approached them, I noticed that he was kind of smallish and looked Nordic and a bit wimpish. He spotted me and I noticed fear in his eyes as I approached. We sat and I was gentlemanly-like. We hit it off nicely. She was quiet, extremely petite, petite, slender, and approximately in her mid-20s. I was immediately attracted to her. They had been a couple for a long time. Uh, we spoke for about an hour, mostly me and him. Um, she sat between us and stared at me a lot. I eventually began rubbing her leg without asking as he kept chatting. At that moment, he actually got nervous in his chatter as she kept staring at me. I then began conversing only with her, kind of ignoring him and told her that I wanted her right now. We hopped in my car and went to a wooded area nearby that I had already scoped out for discretion. When we got to our spot, I took over as the bull and directed her all the way through. She submitted to me fully. I also ordered him around and told him to post up several yards away in order to be our lookout in case people would come. I then took his girlfriend right there and had my way with her as he stood guard looking for potential joggers and such. He would look every so often to see how I was taking his girlfriend right there and then. I eventually rewarded him for his good behavior and allowed him to get closer and pleasure himself. He had a small penis. I'm rather well endowed, so mine dwarfed his, LOL. I think that added to their overall fantasy. It lasted about 25 minutes with protected intercourse and unprotected oral sex on me. I never saw them again. Very exhilarating. I look forward to my next adventure. So there's the story of a bull. Um, and this is, um, well, thank you for that uh, and sharing your stuff. Uh, what about in the opposite case where it's a woman rather than a man? Would that be called hot husbanding instead? Could be. I, I just never, I've actually never um, heard of that. But uh, Justin Lee Miller, Dr. Justin Lee Miller, who wrote a book called Tell Me What You Want, The Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life, actually did a bunch of interviews looking at people's sexual fantasies. And he talked about um, cuckolding. So this is, you know, the sexual interest where somebody's turned on or they derive sexual arousal from watching their partner have sex with somebody else, but usually and can have a, a humiliation um, factor, which is very different than, say, um, a threesome. There's, of course, there are three people in the cuckolding scenario, but they are not all mutually involved participants in the sexual activity, which what is what makes it different. The cuckold is the person who is actually doing the watching. So some someone else had coined this eroticized cheating, basically, eroticizing, uh, the eroticizing of watching your mate with someone else, although it's not cheating because you know about it. So there is um, quite a difference. But uh, certainly when he did his research, he found that uh, for a lot of people, there was this, some people took great pleasure in uh, knowing, for example, that other people found their partner attractive uh, and knowing that their partner was still going to come home uh, to them. So he, and he also talks about the difference between cuckolding and, and hot wifing, as I said earlier, in, in cuckolding scenarios, there's a BDSM element. That man, that, that the bull who just wrote into us described the domination, the submission of the, the, the cuck uh, and how he conducted the scene, right? So you can see the flavors of, uh, of BDSM in all of that. Um, 
so the book title, so the, the, the person who did research uh, on fantasies is Justin Lee Miller. And if you look him up, he's got a great website. Uh, so Lee Miller is spelled L-E-H-M-I-L-L-E-R. Uh, and you can find, uh, you can subscribe to his um, uh, his newsletter and such. And the book is called Erotic Cuckolding by Emma Kelly, which is available on Amazon. So Erotic Cuckolding. And it's uh, something, if, if it's something that even remotely interests you, at least find out how to do it in a, uh, in a safe way. So there is something called cuck queening, a, a woman who gets off watching her husband with another person. And that's called cuckweening or cuckeening. C-U-C-K-Q-U-E-A-N-I-N-G. So um, again, sometimes people like to leave it at fantasy and that's enough. So you can have a, a, a cuckolding fantasy uh, and just enjoy, you, for example, having your partner talk to you about their sex with other people, even if it's made up, like that's the fantasy. And so that becomes a cuckolding fantasy instead. I hope you learned something tonight. <laughs> you probably, uh, you know, maybe not into this and that's okay. Uh, but on Wicked Wednesdays, we try and bring you uh, information about how other people live their sexuality. And, and that's all good. As long as it's done in a sane, consensual, legal manner, uh, then, hey, we should be talking about it. Thank you all so much for your text. We got lots of great texts tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks to our technical producer, Chris Akins tonight. If you want to connect with me on social media, it's at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where we also post all the podcasts of our past shows as well. If you just go on the Passion Radio tab, you will find it there, or you can go on your iHeart app on the CJD page and have access to uh, our podcast there as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>